Maybe you should go and do some contemplating. Hi, this is Rachel McElroy. Hello, this is Griffin McElroy. This is Rose Buddies. Welcome to a very professional episode of Rose Buddies. We've we've gathered here in our high-tech recording studio. This is where James Taylor, not that James Taylor, the real one, recorded his famous album, Girl, I'm Feeling It Tonight. We've, we've gathered here. We paid $200,000 for the studio space. What are you doing right now? I just started explaining our surroundings. It's sick as hell. They got big old golden records up on the wall. Normally, no idea what that's about. Normally you would tell people what the show is about. Oh, right. I just wanted to explain first the like weird place that we're at that we paid a lot of money. We, why would we pay $300,000 for this space if we didn't want to tell people about it? Anyway, this is a show about The Bachelorette. Canada? it's important you know what country the tv show is from it's the bachelorette and it's canada baby from now on should we say the bachelor united states i think it would probably be good and non you know america normative if we explain this is america this is bachelorette usa edition i feel like you're coming in kind of rusty this week I um you a little we, worn out. I'm a little bit worn out. We are uh I we started watching the show at like 5:30 or so and I'm mm. stone cold sober, which yeah. is not good for me. Uh and we are also trying to get this recording in under the wire so we can go watch the debate, which I also very much <laughs> don't want to be sober for. Yeah, that's a good point. So I'm a little antsy. Okay. I'm a little panicked. We'll find okay. the groove, baby. We always find that groove. Well, and I'm sure being in James Taylor's recording studio. It's giving me the yips a little bit, because you know what's weird? Look right. He's fucking right there. <laughs> don't look directly at him, but he's right. He's like in the bathroom, actually. He's got the bathroom door open, and he's just watching us. Oh, so his recording studio is structured like ours, and there is so. also a bathroom yeah. in eyesight. The, the our My office door is closed just enough that I can't see that beautiful toilet. <laughs> uh, that's, what's wrong? What do you mean? We're in James Taylor's recording studio. R- yes. Shit. Oh. Baby, I broke the illusion. Improv 101. The illusion's been broken. People thought we were really in JT's studio. You gotta commit to the bit, Griffin. Hey, guys, that's me, James Taylor. I just wanted to say you're really here. <laughs> what is I'm a Civil War general. <laughs> I've seen horrible things out on that field. Fire and rain. <laughs> um, can we start the show? Over? <laughs> uh, today we watched episode six. Can you fucking believe only episode six of The Bachelor? And we're down Canada? to seven guys. We're, we're After today, we're down to five boys. Yeah. That's bananas. I haven't seen any teaser for Hometowns, but I'm really hoping that is part of the Canadian tradition as well. I hope so, too. I can't imagine they would eschew that. That would mean we have one more episode of Five Boys, Hometowns of Four, uh, the the Fantasy Suites. I'm imagining they do that, although I don't know what the decorum is for that in, in the yeah. Great White North. We have like four episodes left, tops. I don't, and I don't know if they do a Mintel all or anything like that. We have not been good stewards of watching like the bonus, the the main yeah, show. Yeah, we haven't stuff. been watching the after show. 
Although I'm barely interested in watching that for the Bachelor, Bachelorette USA edition. So. Yeah. Um, let's hop on into it. It was okay. a fair... Some of the dates this week were just like, wham, bam, thank you, ma'am. Just like in and out. Yeah, there like weren't activities. Gone are the Cirque du Soleil dates where they, you know, do a little performance and take in a show. And no. None of that. Now it's just like, drink this drink. Do you, Are you just here to party or what? Sit on the ground for seven minutes. Sit on minutes. the ground for seven minutes. <laughs> don't fucking talk to me. Will you accept this, Rose? <laughs> I love you. Um, I want to have a kids with you. I want to have a kids with you. <laughs> don't look at me. Sit perfectly still. I love you. Man, I'm going to get up and talk to this guy. Don't talk to each other. Don't talk to each other. Just look. Just look. No talk or touch. Let's get into it. Okay, so the episode starts. We're in Morocco. Seven guys and a bunch of them are sitting around talking about how they haven't had one-on-one dates, which I think is interesting. It's weird. Out of these seven boys, three of them haven't. Now, the show's moving at a nice clip. That's true. So maybe that explains it? It seems weird, though. Yeah. That a bunch of the guys that did have one-on-one dates are not, not around there anymore. anymore. Anymore, yeah. Uh, so Noah welcomes them to Morocco and announces that there will be a two-on-one this week. I forgot to pay attention. I don't think there was any interaction between. There wasn't. It was the same like Noah when he entered. Mm. Although they did seem uh, distressed when they found out there was a two-on-one date, which would intimate that they heard him say. <laughs> There's a two-on-one day. Can I tell you? So I was doing a little research on Noah. I know this. I was in the room while you were researching. Well, him. no, this is a separate occasion. <laughs> How many Noah deep dives have you done? So Griffin and I were watching um, particularly troubling episodes of Walking Dead. Yeah. And, and usually after those episodes end, I need a little palate cleanser Try before to cut I go off to the sleep. Walking Dead tap by like 9.30. Yeah. Or else the dreams, folks, they're too spooky. So I started watching Noah Cap videos on YouTube. This is real. Um, yeah, which I would recommend. They're enjoyable. Um, and then the other day, when I was looking for an image to post in our Facebook group of Noah himself, um, I found an interview in which he said that he believes his role on the show is to be Jasmine's, quote, guardian angel. Interesting. Which I thought was an interesting choice, right? guardian ghost angel. Yeah. Her invisible, like angels in the outfield, invisible Uh to everybody except Jasmine, Uh and helping her do, like, sick-ass baseball plays. Yeah. That movie still gets me so angry. I've never seen it, I don't think. It's a funny movie. Wait, is Christopher Lloyd in that one? Christopher Lloyd is in it. I have seen it. Okay, why would you lie to me? Well, because I get that and Rookie of the Year confused, because they came out around the same time. And, uh... What was the other? There was Rookie of the Year, uh, Little Big League. Was oh, I never one. saw that one. That was where the kid became the GM of a baseball team. So many baseball <laughs> themed kid movies. And Sandlot was around that Holy time, too. Shit. What was going on? Uh, Angels in the Outfield. Christopher Lloyd plays an angel, and there are several other angels that help this the, the Angels baseball team cheat. As if God in heaven is just like (laughs) yeah go down there and cheat for him for a while well i bet they had a good reason for cheating though right yeah were they winning money for a children's hospital yeah uh the angel gabriel the archangel gabriel (laughs) had 20 g's (laughs) angels except and then here's what's whack about that movie and i'm sorry but it, it it just gets my hackles is at they make it to the world series at the end and the angels are like, sorry, we can't help out in the World Series. Those are the rules. So it's happened before? It's happened so, <laughs> it's happened so many times that there's rules? 
<laughs> I'm picturing little elementary school Griffin McElroy sitting in the theater going, what? I mean, it's bad enough they've been cheating the whole time. There are rules we can't do. Does that mean that every time one of the teams that makes it to the World Series is the angel cheating team and the other one played it straight? And of course, they're going to demolish. They're going to crush them because they, they haven't had the crutch of angel cheating on their side the whole time. Oh, sorry, guys. Spoilers for Angels in the Outfield. Oh, they win the big game. Oh, uh, they win the pen. It's not that's the game. biggest spoiler of them all. Uh, that movie came out in 1994, so <laughs> tough shit. Okay, okay. All right, so um, Noah leaves the card, and Thomas goes to read the card, does no performance guys, at all. I was stoked. I was so psyched. Just gets up and reads it. He says something like, all right, let's just get to it. At, it, like he was quoting me last week. I was so, I was like a father unto a child. <laughs> I think the dudes are probably all pretty worn out from the travel. And maybe they're just like, they're not feeling as hammy. There is a sort of casual camaraderie between these boys that I was really into. Um, and they were just, they were kind of ribbing each other. Uh, well, remind me to bring up what happens on the two-on-one date. Somebody says something that's like, wow, that's brutal. Yeah, that's but good. it's also really funny, and everybody laughs at it. So, like, yeah. it's weird to watch this season where, obviously, Drew's kind of uh, an abrasive ding-dong. But there's nobody who's just, like, making the experience miserable for everybody yeah. else. And so everybody's just, like, kind of palling around. Fuck, that's refreshing. Oh, man, is that nice no, to watch. No, that's true. That's true. Um... So it's a solo date, and Benoit is the recipient. Who has not been on a date, a solo date before. Yeah. And he's really happy to have this opportunity. And Kevin, who Captain Canada, um, starts to set a tone that he continues throughout the whole episode where he's just grumpy. He's just kind of a grumpy He's like, well, Benoit, you know, it could mean that she's taking you out because she's not sure about you and she just wants to make a decision and maybe you'll go home. And Benoit's like, whoa, okay. Benoit. Uh, there was a lot, there's a long segment at the end of the episode <laughs> where he tries to teach Jasmine how to say his name properly. Benoit? It's like a B, Benoit? like a soft U instead of an E. Anyway, Benoit uh, is like saying like, well, I'm glad I'm safe from that two-on-one because the two-on-one's coming. Yeah. And they're like, you're not safe. Yeah, nobody's safe. Nobody's safe. There's seven people left. Nobody's gone home on a one-on-one date. That's yeah. crazy. Uh, so Benoit meets Jasmine for a night on the town. Um, but first they get dressed up in a montage that I imagine is drastically cut short. <laughs> yes. They're standing in like a clothing space and he tries on maybe two or three things and then they go. And that, he puts that was on the a end fez of it. And she's like, <laughs> end of montage. I don't think it's a montage <laughs> if there's two cuts. Um, but this whole date is her talking about how she just likes that he's up for anything. She calls him a French firecracker. I'll say uh, this. I'll say this about this, uh, television show and uh, this this version of the television show uh and especially this episode these dates establish the um the story of the date and like the character of the person on it and holy shit do they stick to it like oh benoit he's just down for anything but he's silly i don't know if i can Trust him to be more serious. And then just, like, repeat that 15 yeah, times Yeah, and that's over. his role. This guy's sort of a loosey-goosey traveler. And this guy's more dependable. I don't know which one's right for me. Hit that shit over and over and over for yeah. 20 minutes. I'm not even necessarily saying it's a bad thing, but it was like... Well, and it may be indicative, too. Jasmine is a really good people reader, you yeah. know? 
Like, it seems like pretty quickly she can figure out what somebody's all about. Yeah. So that may be part of it. Is My favorite date of this episode was the final group date, which just because, like, I feel like it didn't stick to that. Because yeah. by the by the end of the the two on one, I was just like, oh my god, just just you've made the same argument for both of these boys three times. I know. Already. I'm ready to move on. <laughs> uh, so after they have their clothes, they go to a restaurant. It looks like they have kind of the whole floor of the restaurant, and um, Benoit's just happy to be there as as he is happy to be anywhere at any time, <laughs> and. As if they heard my conversation last week about eating somewhere and then having performers come to your table, which somebody in the Rose Buddies group left a very nice Facebook comment explaining like, hey, it's uncomfortable for us too. Um, you don't have to stare at us or Yeah, like we don't expect you yeah. to be a, a rapt audience. Which is fine. Like, I get it. Um, but as if they heard me have that conversation last week and my own personal anxieties with the subject, two belly dancers come in to... to do, do well, their belly dancing. To, one was one was more belly focused. One was a belly. The other had a tray dancer. of candles on her head. Yes. Um, so she was more about carefully moving so that the tray and candles stayed there. Benoit says that he loves this very sexual Moroccan dancing. Yeah. To me, belly dancing has always seemed like the kind of thing where it's like, I don't know. I feel like you're not supposed to maybe comment on that. Cause it's 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 not. <laughs> oh man, I'm I went, really in the I'm in the tall grass. I now. went with Griffin to a was it a Greek restaurant? The Mediterranean place. The Ferris? Mediterranean place, yeah. yeah. And there was a belly dancer, yeah. and it's fun to watch Griffin navigate terrain yeah, like that because he like wants to look but doesn't look, but no, like I, wants I look, to it, it's look a, appropriately. It's a it's a it's a great place here in Austin called uh, Farah's or Farah's. Farah's, yeah, in um, North Loop. Uh, it's in North Loop. It's good if you live here. Um, it's good. They do hookahs and stuff. They have a big outdoor area. Yeah, it's, it's nice. fun. Uh, and the food's pretty good. Um, and the the woman who owns the restaurant does belly dancing. She comes out and this dude like drums and she belly dances. And like I look and I appreciate it, but I, I also like um, this is not necessarily me struggling with whether or not it, like you're supposed to be like wow how sexual. Uh, this is like I'm trying to eat my kebab. And I literally can't, I, like, it makes me kind of uncomfortable to, I think that's just, that's probably just me. But I don't think, I don't think you're supposed to say when the belly dancer's belly dancing, be like, wow, very sexual. <laughs> I feel like that is a sort of a, a cultural breach. That's just Benoit. That's just Benoit, though. And yeah, I guess in his defense, later on, Jasmine eats a piece of watermelon and he goes, yeah, eat that watermelon. And it's like, yo, dog, <laughs> you're a maitre d', you work at a restaurant. Are you just horny constantly? Like, oh, what did you get? Oh, we got the the bruschetta. Oh, the bruschetta. Eat that shit. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> Rock hard. Oh. Squidding pasta, huh? Nice. Um. So Benoit suggests that they get up and dance with the dancers. And then they both kind of play at, at learning to belly dance. And then... Can I balance a tray on my head? And Benoit's like, no, I definitely can't. And then Jasmine's like, let me give it a shot. She did. And this is when Griffin started. I actually said a silent prayer. He was hoping against hope. An angel, an angel would fly in, just fucking swat the tray off her head. He really wanted that tray to fall I over. I didn't want her to get burned, obviously. Jasmine is my girl for life, and you know this. But it would have been extremely funny. 
if the tray had fallen down and then there had been a, a minor panic on the set <laughs> as they tried to extinguish what's a bunch a, of small fires. What's a safe outcome for that, though? Like, I mean, I'm sure there's a fire extinguisher. There's a there's probably a um a, a producer who's in charge of safety who like has <laughs> just off off camera like yeah. holding a fire extinguisher. Yeah, when we made the Mabim Bam show, there was a there was a guy who like was in charge of safety on the set. He was not always standing behind the camera with a fire extinguisher, but I think they're like, what's happening today? Oh, he's got a bunch of candles on his head. I'm going to have a fire extinguisher ready today. Yeah. Uh, she does not drop the tray. She I does was not. heartbroken. <laughs> um, yeah, and this is when she kind of wants to get a little bit deeper with Benoit because it is always like so fun and sexual, but it's not. she doesn't know anything about him. To this point, she kind of treats him like... A stuffed dog that magically came to life, and well, she's like, oh, he, "He's so crazy." He, I mean, he brings that energy, you know. Like he's he's down for everything. Yeah, that's, that's his like tagline. He's just kind of like a a horny toy. <laughs> uh, and so he talks about how he wants a family and how he's he's fit. And she is fit. That's the thing. He can't even. He was like, I want to have a family, and I want to have. I want to do activities with them because I'm. I'm uh, in good shape, and you're in good shape. And it's like you can't even talk about like. <laughs> first of all, I want to. Rachel, can I just say I'm really excited to have a son with you. Um, I just really think we're going to do a lot of activities. What? What does that mean? Well, you know, sports. I want to do walking. Sp- I want to do sport activities with you and our baby because you're so fucking fit. Like, he can't even, like, say <laughs> things about having a family without being like, oh, by the way, still horny for this one. <laughs> um, and anyway, this this is enough. At this time, Jasmine just wants to have a conversation with him where he's he's not, you know, being goofy. And this is this is enough. And so they, they kiss, and I, and I notice she very deliberately yes um curates this kiss a lot of manual manipulation she grabs his face and kind of pulls him in and then kind of pulls away yes and controls the duration and intensity (laughs) she also later on he kisses her without this hand guard and she kind of just gives him like 20 percent gives him like the right corner and then turns away smiling (laughs) yeah okay yeah well you know you got to teach people how to treat you and that Do is you? that is what she's doing. Yeah, you haven't heard that expression before. You have to teach people how to treat you. Uh huh. How about no looking at me? I'm the boss. See, that's dangerous, Griffin. Why? Because then, when you don't get what you want, you feel as if the person has you know betrayed you in exactly. some way. Exactly. And if they do, they're cut off. Who is this character you're doing right now? <laughs> me, the boss. <laughs> Uh, so Benoit gets the rose. He does. There's a lot of debate among the boys. We keep getting cut. Yeah, the dudes the... do not think he's going to get it. Yeah. Um, I want to apologize. There's a very noisy cricket outside of the window. Really, really goofing up our, our baseline. I don't imagine it's being picked up by the mic. These are sensitive. James Taylor has extremely powerful, expensive mics. Each mic costs $100. And like a cricket farm. And he has a cricket farm. Yeah. Which is weird. And he, a big old pot sort of operation <laughs> okay james taylor he just likes to party yeah no i i mean i believe it uh so then it is time for the next date card to go out you know that song would i know your name if i saw you in heaven 
the song's about like partying with with drugs and just like losing your mind on that's Eric strength. Clapton, sweetheart. I know. Uh, James Taylor wrote it for him. <laughs> no, <laughs> I made a whoopsie. <laughs> I said the wrong guitar man, didn't I? <laughs> How devilish. Okay. Um, two on one date card goes out, and we start speculating. We think it's going to be Drew and somebody. Um, just, yeah, just because typically, and this is the way it's worked in past seasons, they pick somebody like this past season, it was Rod and Alex. And it was basically like, that's a layup. That's easy. Yeah. It's basically like, I have serious doubts. I feel comfortable sending this person home. I'm going to give them one more chance, but I'm going to make it easy on myself. Yeah. But in this case, she picks Mike and Thomas. Well, somebody picks Mike and Thomas. Um, oh, you don't think she picked them? I mean, who's to say? Who can who can say? Um, she does seem to be under duress about it. Yeah, like, she's she's bombed the whole time, and the date is no kidding, gang. The pits. Yeah. So this is everyone starts talking about how they're opposites. How Mike is is very, you know, home, stable. Yeah, they call him a homebody. And then Thomas is kind of the nomad. He's he's you know traveling all the time for his international modeling. And so they recognize... I thought he was just in Oh, no, no, no. See, that's where you'd be wrong. He's an international model. That just means the different provinces in Canada, right? No, no. That means... You're telling me this guy... Multiple nations. Weird. Uh Uh-huh. I didn't even know those people existed. Yeah. He's like like, uh, Tyra Banks, sort of. He's basically exactly like Tyra Banks. Oh, do you think he's the next host of ANTM? I don't know. ANTM... Is ANTM back? Not that I've noticed. Okay, we need to do some research. I think it's back or back very soon. I don't want to. I don't want to do tell we, tales out of school. I think if it were back, we would know who the host was. That's a fair point. Okay, so anyway, so this is where the guys make kind of a fun, a fun joke. Oh yeah, on Mike versus Thomas. Uh, it was uh, it was Captain Canada who says, uh, "Well, this should be interesting. It's the face versus the body." And all the guys like crack up laughing. <laughs> <laughs> it was the same. Everybody like takes it in good jest, and it's like it's one of those moments. And it's like I really. I like when people become friends. <laughs> and it doesn't happen that much on this no, show No, I know anymore. what you mean. Because sometimes it does. On Bachelor in Paradise, it happened. And it's, like, really sweet and nice. Well, it's like those summer camp friendships, you yeah. know? It's like Carly and Jade, you know? And, like, these guys just being comfortable enough with each other to just, like, it's the face versus the body. Like, simultaneously saying Mike has an ugly face and Thomas, I guess, <laughs> has a bad body. It was, uh, I don't know. It was, I, I thought it was very... Pleasant. So their date is in the desert, and... There are flashes of Chris Souls leaving Ashley I and Kelsey both to die in the wastelands. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, that was, um... Oh, gosh, the Badlands? I think it was called the Badlands. Yeah, because Kelsey was a proclaimed, like, expert on the Badlands, and Ashley was not familiar. That's good. She needed that knowledge to survive and chart (laughs) a path home. Uh, and so Jasmine comes in on a camel, and then the dudes each come in on a camel. They each have, like, a guide, and they are not talking for the first part of the date where they're riding. Yeah, like, not just the guys aren't talking, like, nobody is talking. Nobody's talking. Um, and Jasmine's telling us a lot that, you know, that she can see a future with both of them, that they're both so different and represent very different sides of her personality. Get this, one of them, kind of like a rock-solid homebody. The other one is all this 
this you you've seen traveling around? And she says this like maybe four different ways I, I, to them. Also, like you know what I yeah. like about you is that you're a homebody. I I don't want to spend a lot of time on it, gang, because it's it was more or less all that happened on this date. She was very upset. She was sitting with them. Uh, they don't eat anything. They don't, eat anything. They don't take in a show. Like, this is really really tough. I really like the two of you a lot, and I don't want to send either of you home. It's all business, and we've seen that more with two-on-ones lately. That was the way it was uh, with JoJo on the two-on-one. Like, I found yeah. a location. All three of us are going to sit here. And I'm going to take each of you away, and then I'm going to make a decision. Maybe they did that because it is genuinely, like, uh, I'll never forget. There was a two. I will forget who was on it, but there was a two-on-one uh, for a season of The Bachelorette where two boys were eating with The Bachelorette. Uh, and they nobody was talking, and one of the guys was like, "Oh, I love this. What is this, Quinoa? I love Quinoa. <laughs> oh, yeah, <laughs> I'll never forget that." And that nobody was, corrected him. Nobody either. corrected him. Um, it was so uncomfortable because it was already uncomfortable because it was a two on one day, and then he just bricked one like that. <laughs> um, and so she, yeah, she starts out. She sits down with both of them. She already says this is really, really hard. Um. She's already seems to be kind of upset. And so she pulls Thomas away first. And they're really struggling with the wind out there. So Thomas like has we're fashioned... we're struggling with these fucking crickets, James! <laughs> um, they're so loud, James. They are very loud. Uh, it's so- October! And it sounds like summer camp outside. Thomas, the reason I brought up the wind... Uh, is because Thomas is oh, rocking uh, a side pony. Well, it wasn't. Thomas was rocking like a man bun. Yeah, probably. The, wind, the yeah. wind turned his his hair into a wind sock, and then all of a sudden, dude had a side ponytail, and it was not a great scene. It was really distracting for Griffin. <laughs> it was. It they was were like, having like a very sincere emotional conversation, and every time he would turn profile, was, <laughs> Griffin would start laughing. Straight up, y'all, like. Uh, Saved by the Bell, like, style, side ponytail. Who was the, who was the girl on Saved by the Bell? Kelly Kapowski. Kelly Kapowski, side ponytail. Thank you. You're welcome. More of a Boy Meets World man. And I don't think Topanga ever pulled that one. No, I don't think so either. Um, so then she talks to, she talks to Thomas, she's like, I really like that you travel. He's like, I travel. And she's like, I think it might be hard to start a relationship like that. And I'm like, well, that's. I disagree with that. Well, so Thomas talks about how his life is very unstructured, um, but that he has very strong feelings for her. And um, she says, you know, that she feels really connected to him, but is having trouble figuring out how her life would fit with his. And and he's just like, you know, I I really want to take this with you to the end. You know, I, I feel like there's really something here and I would hate to miss an opportunity because you know, like you're you're really special, and and it seems to be like he's really he's got his his a game going. Yeah, no, you he's, know, he's saying all the right stuff, but I'm I'm saying her argument was kind of weird, and that was, I it's hard to start a relationship in this loosey goosey like traveling place. I think that's fair, and then settle down afterwards, and it's like I disagree. I think that's how you. I think that's why they call it settling down. Like you do do the. The, you know, intransient, you know. Well, but he's, I mean, he's talking about leaving the country for, I don't know how long modeling shoots go. But that's but her whole, that's her thing. Is like, 
she's got the word explore tattooed on her hand. Like, that's her whole thing. And that's always been, like, something she's been into about time. I don't know. I don't know. I'm nitpicking. Just. Yeah, I guess, I guess, you know, that initial stage of a relationship when you're really excited about somebody and you want to spend a lot of time with them to kind of miss that and yeah, sure. immediately go to the hard part, you know. Um, so then she goes to Mike and yeah. makes the alternate pitch, which is the thing I like about you is the thing that scares me is that you're so dependable. Yeah, Mike Mike gives a really good reason, I think, for why he is the way he is. You know, he talks about how his mom was sick as a kid. And as a kid, that was a real bummer for him. And, you know, he would have to choose to spend time in the hospital and kind of the one time that he decides to go to this pool party uh she ends up passing away the next day and it's kind of in that moment he decides you know i'm not going to be selfish anymore you know like it's stability is really important to me and being dependable did you Um, take that story as let me be careful here him like cash in some sort of chip to like make a point because this this i didn't get that it sense. might be about to get kind of weird but like this is the first time that somebody's told a story on this show that i was like oh that happened exactly to me mm-hmm. um and like i thought i was gonna be pissed off but like i i feel like i was like oh no that explains literally everything about why you are the way that you are yeah no i I mean, I don't know what prompted it. That was the only thing that was weird is all of a sudden he's telling this story immediately after Thomas has delivered this A-plus performance. And so it was weird to see Mike be like, here's my game. But it didn't feel that way at all. Yeah. He, I mean, I'm sure what she did is she asked him, kind of like, you know, why are you like this? Or like, you seem to be such a homebody or, you know, where does this come from? And we just missed that question because the way he answered felt very honest and it's weird to like i, I mean and it weird. wasn't a cocktail party either <laughs> yeah that's a good like one. that kind of shit happens at cocktail parties all the time like Where it's I, like I, your death row like you gotta get in that last um by the way jasmine i know tonight is the last night you might spend with me so i want to let you know that i have donated a kidney to my sister yeah? <laughs> uh yeah it was it was I was worried about Mike, but I mean, it just seems like she was, she was very, very, you know, sympathetic to his story because she went through something, you know, similar very recently. Yeah. Um, I just like Mike so much. I know, me too. Uh, she picks up the rose and walks over to Thomas and I think, yeah. oh shit, this is a weird- That's happened before yes. on this show because I remember- seeing that in a different season like they become so task oriented they're like now i have to give out the rose so i'm gonna pick it up now and then wait i have to do the part where i don't give it to this person but i have it in my hand because the goal is to give it to somebody so here it is but not for you yeah it's cold dude yeah it's harsh because there's no part of your brain that thinks like is she gonna walk over with that rose but give it to the other guy you see her walk over with that rose, and you think, like, aw, party. Yeah, but as soon as she sits down next to Thomas, she starts crying. I want you to know that I think you're great. Okay, And then Bye. we're like, oh, okay, he's not getting it. And he's a little upset about it. Um, understandably so. Because they did have kind of a nice moment, you know? Yeah, sure. Their day, as much as we kind of dragged him for the um, original soundtrack... Uh, it seemed like they got along pretty pretty well. Yeah, he seems like a good guy. And I think he's starting to worry because he does say, like, I didn't realize that my lifestyle would be such a huge deterrent, you know, but I guess 
Yeah. I guess that it is. I don't um, know. I, I, you know, it's hard for me to feel too bad for him because he's an international model that travels <laughs> the world. He probably had a, another girlfriend before he left Morocco. He said something crazy at the beginning of the episode. It was like, you know, Morocco, once you travel to enough foreign countries, it's just like you step in and you just know everything. You just know what's up. It's like, well, that's not how it works. Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of a weird claim. He's just like, well, you know, if you travel a lot, then when you're traveling, that feels like home. I'm like, well, eh. I, I rolled up in true. Morocco. It's like, what's up? I went to Hong Kong last year. Where's the noodles? At? Oh, oh, there's, no. inter- there's, uh, oh, <laughs> you guys do the crispy duck here as well? No, you don't. Damn. Okay. Welp. <laughs> what's your shtick? I've seen Sex in the City too. Was that that wasn't you? Got damn it. You haven't seen Sex in the City too, have you? I abstain. When would you have seen that? I listened to a whole year I of... I mean, that's true. Worst idea of all time. I feel like... You feel like you've seen I it. I feel like I've seen it. I've seen it more than people who have seen it, I feel like. <laughs> I live and breathe that movie. We do need to watch that flick. We do need to it's watch so it. It's so long, It's though. such an important part of my life, though. And it's weird that You I know what they... It. This is actually very timely, because SJP came out today, and so there's going to be a third one. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. Tim and Guy, if you're listening, I'm so I'm so desperately sorry. We, you realize also, uh, as a quick plug, I do a podcast that I've definitely never mentioned on this show That's before. That's for sure you haven't Because we haven't released an episode since this show existed. It's called uh, Till Death Do Us Blart. Comes out every Thanksgiving. And me and Justin and Travis and uh, Tim and Guy from The Worst Idea of All Time, which is uh, one of my favorite podcasts, and you should listen to it. We just watch Paul Blart Mall Cop 2, and then we talk about it for about two hours. We they talked about it for about the runtime of the series. You, uh, if if you're worried about catching up, we've done <laughs> a episode. They did one episode. So, but their commitment is until they all die. Get on board. Yeah, every time one of us dies, we have to pass the mantle on. Yeah, it'll go on forever until the heat death of the universe. It's very exciting. Um, I have no idea how to transition. I don't from know that. where we are. <laughs> Sex and the City, Morocco. Uh, travel. Thomas is gone. Thomas is gone. And so there's another date card. This is a group date. This is Drew, both Kevins, and Mikkel. The card says that. (laughs) Drew, a couple Kevins. Uh, And a pizza place. I'd watch it. Except we'd lose Mikkel. I would bounce Drew, switch it, Mikkel, two Kevins, and a pizza place. Well, you might just get your wish. (laughs) Okay, so... (laughs) They don't get pizza. <laughs> so um the suitcase come the suitcase guy comes in, takes out Thomas's suitcase. Um and they all talk about, you know, the the departure of Thomas and what that means. And this is when Drew starts talking about how even being on this show will help him in his sales career and like how he's already attractive and he goes into a room and he networks and people see him and they're like, who's that guy? And they want to talk to him and they want to learn more. But with this show, they'll see him and they'll recognize him right away. Mm. And then he also says, and I had Griffin repeat this to me because I didn't capture it exactly that uh, he's interested in quote, mid to low level acting, which I don't know. I think that means like, Low-level acting, I guess, is like... I don't want to say commercial acting, because there are people who are out there on their fucking grind, and they're making bank. 
I feel like low-level acting is just kind of like bit bit scenes. Just okay. like, a, here's your coffee, Miss Sarah Jessica Parker. Even that is like, even that's a, you've made it, dude. If you get a <laughs> speaking line in a movie or TV show, that's mid-level yeah. at least. You think? So what's low-level then? I mean, like community theater probably. High school theater. That's the, I think that's where you, you start. You think Drew wants to go back to high school? I think, now that's a TV show I'd watch. <laughs> Uh, Drew says some shit, dog. Drew, like, Drew, like, yeah, I'm really sexy, so I walk in a room, people are like, I want to talk to him, but after I've been on this show, it's this show's going to be great for my other real career, because, uh, like, folks are going to walk in, they're already going to know who I am. And it's like, wow, rarely are people who are here for the wrong reasons so, like, transparent about it. Yeah, the guys just kind of absorb it. I mean, maybe they were filing it away, like, a just-in-case, you know? Yeah. Like, if he seems to be a real contender, they can they can break Sweet out the this legs information. Out from under him, yeah. Yeah. But they all just kind of let him do his thing. Yeah. Uh, and then it's time for the group date. And so the group date is in a, a kind of a street market, and then it starts pouring rain, and then the, uh, the wackiness ensues. It's like... <laughs> This one of my favorite things about this show is how they adapt to weather. One of my favorite dates of all time was JoJo's season of The Bachelorette, where they just lock themselves in the hotel and, and they, they play, play charades, charades, yeah. and they just watch Win, lose, old draw. seasons of The Bachelorette. <laughs> like I fucking that's my favorite day ever. There is no date I can think of that brings me as much joy thinking about it than that one does. This time they went with this strange route, which is just like, guys, we need footage. Do something. And so Drew was like, all right. And he just goes and stands in the rain <laughs> and he jumps in a puddle. And Jasmine's like, I just like that Drew can get out there and have fun. Yeah, like He Drew's... jumped in a fucking puddle. Who is he, Calvin and Hobbes? <laughs> what are you talking about? Drew is the last person I expected to really go out in the rain and jump in a puddle. Just play around out there. He went, he, he went and just played around. And then Captain Canada like picks her up and carries her into a puddle and then twirls like, her around. slams her into the puddle. Like slams her feet into the puddle. <laughs> and then brings her back under the, the the tarp. It was very much like like Coco the gorilla just like <laughs> figured out like oh that's how they that's how human beings have fun. I want her to have fun so I'm going to slam her <laughs> into this puddle over and over again. <laughs> it was really really bizarre. Yeah, well, it was mainly bizarre because at this point they have not done anything. No. They have walked to like one stand. It started raining. So they got some juice and then they're just standing around taking turns running out in the rain and running back. Uh, She leads them all to um, their date location, which she says, this is great because you'll be able to warm up because they're going to a tea ceremony place. And it's like, I heard that and I was like, I guess so. But it's not going to, tea doesn't dry your clothes. It's just more wet. That's the motto for tea. Yeah, it's but it's just hot. more wet. I guess so. <laughs> I would rather have uh, a towel. It's another tea word. That would be fun to have. Can we go to a towel, a good Moroccan towel place? Oh, well, there's a rich history in how they. There probably is. Use towels. You don't know. <laughs> there probably maybe is. Uh, this guy shows them how to. You know, use the mint and sugar and pour water appropriately to enjoy the tea. These were horse-sized proportions of sugar. This seemed like my kind of tea. I like it sweet. (laughs) Uh, Captain Canada is still grumpy. Yeah. 
He just hates being on dates with other guys and cannot get over it. No. Uh, she takes Mikhail. Mikhail? You say Mikhail a lot. It's Mikhail. Shit. That was the first time where I ever thought about it. Mikhail mm-hmm. uh, takes him and just like, guys, the sparks. Oh, Mikhail. She, I totally get where she's coming from because every time she gets ready to see him, she has some kind of concern. Like this time she was, she was worried because he was always kind of nervous when they were together. And he immediately explains why that's a great thing in a very succinct way that's yeah. very convincing. Uh, yeah, they're just, they're just so great. They're just hitting off. He's I like, th- you know, I'm still nervous and I still get butterflies, you know, and I just like, how do you exist? Like if there were more Jasmines out there, like, like we wouldn't be here right Which now. He, that's the, an exact quote. I'm not sure what that means. Is he literally saying if there were other Jasmines, I would have found them first and I wouldn't be here right now? Well, I think, I think he's saying that, that she's like such a unique combination of all these good qualities that don't usually exist in one person. Hmm. And so he's saying like, I've never met anybody like you before. Okay. And it's incredible. Um, and she's of course just immediately just charmed yeah, by him because, it's good. because who isn't, uh, is, is this your number one couple? Is this your, is this the number one Hollywood power couple right now? Oh man. I think so. I think it's. I think it's good. Good stuff, man. Mikel or Mike? If you've got M I in there, I think you're good to go. <laughs> They're both just such solid guys. Good boys, in different ways. One of them's literally solid and and interesting too. Not like solid in a way that is bland. Yes, like they're they're a little safe. I'll say. Uh, neither of them seems to have like a like a dark side or a Mike temper. Can do that mouth bubble thing. So, and that's a dark side. Yes, because he learned that at Assassin School, the school for assassins. <laughs> <You're>, <laughs> your um, emphasis got kind of weird there. No, I didn't. Assassin School. That's not how I said it. Okay, I knew exactly the the words were, and I just said them normally. <laughs> Uh, and so then there's, there's more dudes sitting in silence and drinking tea. Yeah. It's, uh, Mikhail comments on like, it's uncomfortable because like these dudes are all super into it now. And so nobody's like chit chatting at these dates because they know what's happening they're all like psychologically preparing themselves. I feel like they're all thinking about like, what am I going to talk about? What there's, can I do? There's a funny bit where Drew and Mikkel and Kevin uh, W are the Captain Canada are just sitting there not talking forever. And then finally Drew gets up to go to the date and Captain Canada's like, it's nice talking to you. <laughs> well, before he does that, he puts in eye drops and puts on chapstick and then he does goes. a lot of prepping of his humors. Yeah. Uh, and so this is where we realized that Jasmine is more on to Drew than maybe we knew before. Oh, there was also a bit with Deckhand Kevin, um, where she brings up that she hasn't oh, yeah. she hasn't kissed him. They haven't kissed, which is real. You do you. That's weird for the top seven, like to make it this far in and have not smooched. Yeah, and his his big story is that he takes things slower, that he's more guarded. And she respects that about him, but it definitely is is kind of... This is a gambit that people pull on this show yeah. sometimes. It has worked out none times. Yeah, usually, especially at this point, Yeah, they go home. But it's working, and I think it's like, I think it's actually pretty genuine, because like, essentially, 
if you read into it correctly, you can say like, oh, well, then he's actually serious about about being here and doing. Yeah, this he's the- not doing strategy. He's not like I have an anecdote about myself that I'm going to drop. No, now. yeah, he's not telling me those anecdotes because he's like reading me first. Yeah, I didn't think that would ever work, but it's working here. So, so anyway, so Jasmine and Drew are talking, and well, Jasmine's not talking. Yeah, that's the thing. So she talks about how, or she tells us that he talks about himself a lot. And that everything he says is very calculated. So in this exchange, he talks about how, oh, yeah, you know, I just I want to be a dad and I want to be the coach. And, and I, you know, whoever I date next, I want to be the person I'm with forever. Uh, and Jasmine's telling us, like, it's just monologue. There's no conversing here. And it's hard to tell who the real Drew is. And she actually asked him at one point, like, do you have any questions for me? And he, he, like, stalls her a bit, and she's like, this should not be difficult. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then it is time for Captain Canada. And he kind of explains how the group date isn't really his style. Um, and and she's she's trying to confirm with him, like, are you are you into this, though? Like, do you want to be with me? And he's like, yeah, no, I'm I'm totally homesick right now, and the only thing that would keep me here is you. He, uh, she brings up, like, is this just a competition for you? Because I know for a yeah. lot of guys, that's not the case. And he says, like, no, I'm, I'm really into you. I would rather be home, but I'm staying here for you. Later on, he does a thing that, like, kind of makes it seem like he was going back on that and really fucks himself up. Yeah. He's just, he's a very jealous man. Yeah. And Which is, I do not, I do not understand why you come on this show, my friend. You have to know what's up. I know this is the first season. Somebody had to explain to you. The premise of the show. When you showed up, otherwise, on day one, when you showed up, you're like, what are these other guys doing here? I don't think people, some, people sometimes don't realize how jealous they are until it's kind of shoved in their until face. Until you date 27 yeah. other people at the same time. Yeah, all right. That's fair. Yeah. And, I mean, here's the thing. It's gonna, I, it doesn't read well for Kevin. He comes off just kind of reading like a, a grumpy Gus. At the same time, like, maybe it's, maybe it's real. This feeling that he feels. Tell me that it's real. We haven't harmonized in so long. Don't let love come just and pass us by. I don't know the Try. words. Okay. It's all we have <laughs> to do. It's up to me and you. I don't know the words to this song. To make this special love. Is this another James have Taylor song? Yes, obviously this is James Taylor. <laughs> Baby, you told me that. Casey and JoJo's tell me it's real. I've heard it before, but I don't know the words. How do you know the words? It was on Now That's What I Call Music Volume 6. <laughs> there we and go. And there was a time where I owned three CDs, and one of them was That's What I Call Music Volume 6. There we go. Through the thick and thin, through the bitter end, you promised me, baby, that you wasn't going anywhere. Yes, you did. <laughs> tell me that it's real. Good song, huh? I, I didn't mean, do it. I didn't do a good version of it, but it's no, really good song. that was very good, Griffin. Um, what else was on that one? Fastball, that song. Uh, the they made up their minds and they started picking. You remember that one? The way I think it was just uh-huh. called the way. Yeah. What other ones were on there? Oh God! <laughs> I actually think Rammstein's "Du Hast." Do, do hosts on a now name? that's what I call music. They did. They took all comers, man. <laughs> so this was mid nineties. Yeah. 
So you would have been what, like a, like an infant. I would have been a small boy. Yeah. Are you going to read the track listing? Is that why you got up? Yeah, but let's keep going because we don't have time for me to read the track listing. But now that's what I call music collection. Uh, so everybody's back at the table. She has a rose to give out. Uh, everybody there, of course, thinks they're going to get the rose, but the rose actually goes to Mikkel, and Kevin's real grumpy about it. Uh, he feels like it's a slap in the face because they're so different, and he just had a talk with her and thought it went really well. They're up to now, that's what I call music 93, by the way, and that is not from the year 1993. There have been 93 collections of this. But was anybody really surprised? Mikkel, like, the connection there is so strong. I mean, I get... They don't know that, I though. know. We are omnipotent. We're omniscient. And they're not. Yeah. I mean, they see Mikkel as a nice guy, but they don't recognize that she's, like, super into him. And I think they're just starting to figure it out on this date. That's fair. Uh, so then it is time for the cocktail party. And before, I will say that Drew does kind of throw some shade at Mikkel and says, oh, that rose was just, like, a participation award. That was, like, most improved. Yeah, that's not how that works, bud. Yeah. So it's cocktail party. The only people up for uh, elimination are both Kevin's and Drew at this point, and one of them is going to go home. It's okay. Up to this point, I was like, "Oh, it's Drew," because then they have another interaction where yeah, he Drew does the pulls exact her away same thing over and over again, and it's literally I, w- I was cracking up because Jasmine's reactions were just like, "Uh huh, uh huh, yeah, yeah." Drew pulls her away first, and she's kind of encouraged because she thinks, oh, he's pulling me away. Maybe he'll have some new depth to reveal. And he's uh, he's like, I want to tell you about kind of how I came to be who I am. So, you know, I was in university, and I worked really hard at that. And then, you know, I have this job, you know, that I work really hard at. and But, you know, I get to travel, and I like to travel someplace big once a year and then take some little trips. And, you know, sometimes I'll go somewhere like crazy, like Thailand, you know. But it's it's like really important to me to have that balance between traveling and not traveling and job and not job. And she starts to tell us, she's like, it feels like he is an actor, uh, a low to mid level actor. <laughs> yeah, he is. He is performing uh, and specifically saying things that he thinks are going to be strong sales points. Yeah. So, not a favorable reaction to Drew. Very quickly, it was now. That's what I call music volume three. Really quick. I swear to okay, God. Okay. Nineteen ninety nine. Let me take you back to nineteen ninety nine. And now that's what I call music volume. Oh, three. so it was late nineties. Quite possibly the greatest album ever created. <laughs> Track one opens up with Smash Mouth's All-Star. Not a big deal. What's that coming around the bin, though? It's American Woman by Lenny Kravitz, followed by What's My Age Again, Blink-182, and By La Mos by Enrique Iglesias. Oh, my gosh. Fuck it. It's Sometimes by Britney Spears. All I have to give Backstreet Boys, Tell Me It's Real, Casey and JoJo, The Rockefeller Skank, Flatboy Slim, Nookie, Limp Biscuit. How are the first nine tracks of your album? They're the best ever! Number 10, Special by Garbage, If I Could Turn Back the Hands of Time by R. Kelly, and then some shit. Hey, Leonardo by Blessed Union of Souls, The Hardest Thing by 98 Degrees, and then Out of My Head by Fastball. What the fuck is up? I got to get me this CD. I got to find it, and I'm going to bury it in the yard. Because that's, (laughs) that is, are you kidding me? All of those on one? So when you used to listen to this, would you listen to the whole thing? I would just be screaming. It's like, (laughs) ah! 
just screaming. I've never had one of those albums before. Do you listen to the whole thing straight through? Because that seems like a really rough you have ride. A, you have a party with all your, you know, what, 12-year-old friends, and you just put it on, and you're like, I'm done. Because this was, this was like, I don't think I had CD-burning technology at this point. It was just around the bend. So this was a mixtape. This was like a hot That's fucking mixtape. That's the thing. Mix That's what I never understood about those CDs, is that, it was all songs that were on the radio currently. Yes. So you could either put the CD in or just turn on the radio. And wait, and wait for mm. for Nookie to come on. Now, <laughs> Make it, a it phone Nookie, call. So if there was a, probably a week there where Nookie was constantly on your radio. On, you would oh, tune into like the, the Christian pop station and Nookie would be playing. <laughs> so so uh, constant was the Nookie. Uh, anyway, that was a huge divergence. It was just like, I had a feeling in my gut that it was the best CD ever, and I'm glad I've confirmed it. Okay. Let's finish this thing. Yeah, let's finish. Uh, so this is the cocktail party where Kevin P. really right. steps Th- this up. This is what I was trying to say earlier before I went on that 10-minute um, side side trip, uh, is that I thought, oh, for sure Drew's coming home, and then Kevin just screws the old pooch, man. No, 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 I'm talking about Kevin P., deckhand Kevin. Uh, he has a great performance. He has a great performance. The other Kevin pooch screws <laughs> he uh kevin p talks a lot about how he is guarded um and and he it, it, he does kind of regret it and then he says this thing that i just found so endearing he's like you know i wish i had just met you in like a coffee shop i really like and we that. just could have sat there and talked until you know we we ran out of things to say and it sounds like a line but i totally get that it's not a line though because literally nobody said it before on the show nobody's ever acknowledge the existence of romance outside of the walls of the show so much so that when people get kicked off they're like well love is dead like it was weird to be like i wish we'd met under normal circumstances and just dated well and couples that leave the show together talk about that a lot like it feels almost ridiculous to them that they met on the show because it's such a like contrived situation and they always they always kind of talk like oh yeah it's just crazy that we met on the show and i think he gets that and she really appreciates that he's like trying to go at this like a regular relationship i liked i liked that and it was a nice moment and then they actually kissed for the first time and it was really sweet i I found myself getting uh verklempt about it i was i was warmed yeah i'm pretty sure at this point you turned and kissed me i because i said i just i want to do this (laughs) i want to be like kevin and rachel and i had our first kiss oh it's true uh and it feels weird to tell you this story but after being married for what, like seven, eight? Because I was always like, no kissing. Yeah, no, I got you. Pr- I got you very pregnant. Uh huh. Um, but that was. I come from like a pretty woman school. Yes. Where I I don't want to do kissing on the mouth. Only pregnancy. Yes. With downtown downstairs stuff. Oh God. Only that's what she said. The night we met, she says, "I have to let you know something." It's only downstairs. I want us to me. be together forever. I feel really good about you. But just so you know, you will only be able to live downstairs. Yeah. In the basement <laughs> apartment. That's what she called it. Of my body. Of my body. It was really, really... The garden apartment. I was like, okay. <laughs> anyway, it was, nice. It was I, nice. I see why everybody's always talking about it. Yeah. Sorry I blew so much during the kit. I like... It had been like a really long time, so I didn't... I was just like, ha! It just came at you like that. <laughs> <gasps> and I didn't know like what the right 
Are you you have to tell me how to treat you, I guess. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Because me and you did and me you're like don't don't blow like that on me. <laughs> I was like, okay, well you've told me how to treat or you. make that noise. <gasps> <gasps> that was partially breathing, partially excitement. That's just the noise I make. We have got to end this episode. Okay. <laughs> Okay, so anyway, so... You're going to miss the whole debate. So she really appreciates that he's trying to figure out if she, if he's interested in her. Yes. Um, And so then it's time for Captain Canada. And he takes the initiative, as much as it pains him, to, like, go up and talk to her. And starts kind of blasting her for not giving him the rose. And he's very short where they're like, let me explain. No, let me explain. I have an explanation for that. It's like the rose is your currency, and it's just if you it felt like you you talked to me last, and then you gave the rose to somebody else, and and I just like I you know I I've, I felt upset about that, and and she's just like she does not take mm-mm. it. She didn't take his shit for a second, and she also comes back with this really great point, which is like if you think it's real between us, then you don't need a you don't need a yeah. fucking rose on the group date. You don't hear what the rest of us talk about. On these dates. And she's like, you don't know what my connection is with the other guys. And regardless of whether we've had a good conversation, it doesn't mean that I haven't had that uh, or similar with other guys. And you can't throw And he a- tries to cut her off. And she's like, no, let, don't interrupt me. Let me finish. And she says, there are other guys that I have a connection with, some more than you. And he's like, yeah. oh, okay. And he stands up and he like goes tell the producer, like, I'm going to leave, I think. She told him, she's like, you can't throw a hissy fit if you don't get a rose. Um, and he's like, well, you know, I just am jealous, you know, and... And then it's, you know, I just thought I would be open with you about how jealous I am. And and she's like, you know, everybody's opening up here, uh, some more than others and some even more than you. And then he just kind of shuts down like she's trying to kind of close the loop and he's not talking. Yeah. And then he gets up and walks away and tells the production staff, like, I might just leave. I might just go home. Tonight. So here's the thing. In their first conversation earlier in the episode, she was like, this isn't a contest to you, right? And he's like, no. And then here he's like, roses are a currency and you didn't give me mine. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, okay. But then we cut away and we cut back and it's rose ceremony and he's back. Uh, and he says, yeah, I, you know, I got kind of heated, but, you know, I still hope that she gives me a rose. She does. And she does. Yeah, both Kevins get a rose. Uh, and Drew goes home. Drew has like a... Uh, Drew has... A hissy of his own. Uh, it, his, like, first shot of him in the after the moment interview of him, like, <laughs> doing his little laugh. Um, he's like, yeah, I'm really pissed off. A lot of these guys are getting participation roses just because they're not yeah. as nervous as they used to be. Exactly. Yeah, and they're sh- improving, and so they get roses. And then we get a voyeur shot of him apparently talking to a producer and being like, your ratings are going to drop off after this episode. Mm-hmm. Um I don't know how much of that is real and how much of that is like, hey, you're going home. Do you want to do like one last villain push? Yeah, because they did ask him, do you want to be the next Bachelor? And he immediately said yes. yes. Here's what I will say. I think Drew's a pretty good villain, man. I, that, it, this is, this, it, it's controversial to say. He's obviously a dick, right? But I think he was, for the most part, a pretty harmless dick. Uh, Gosh, I wish, I wish Canada did a Bachelor in Paradise. He'd uh, I don't, be great I, for that. Oh, I absolutely don't want to spend any more time with him. But I think he was here for a decent amount of time. His stuff with Chris is really contrived and kind of came out of nowhere. But, like, he he was, like, a douche in an 80s movie about, like, skiing. Yes, exactly. Uh, where he's just like, I'm a businessman, and daddy buys me whatever I want. <laughs> um, 
and was talking about how obviously there for the wrong reasons like check that box uh but the fact that i can't tell whether or not this last flare-up was like where he's walking out like pushing the camera away and holding up the finger i don't know if that was real or not and the fact that i can't tell it was real or not Pretty good villain. Mm-hmm. That, was a, that was a good, good, good job by Drew. I, I wouldn't want to hang out with you, but uh, he served a good purpose on the show. And coming out of a couple seasons with some bad villains, yeah, some like over the top, actually dangerous Ab- villains, uh, right? Uh, or just like people that they tried to make villains like Lace. Not, and she was yeah. a bad villain just because she's not. She's just like a, just kind of weirdo. Uh, it was nice. I don't know. This is if you're new to the show, like it's nice. This is what it's usually like. Yeah, exactly. The kind of the kind of villain that you're not personally scared of running into on the street. Yeah. Uh, so that was this week. Uh, yeah, episode six. Uh, again, I think there's three or four episodes left. I'm liking it, man. Really into it. Oh, yeah. We got so we got sent. Won't read the name. Uh, we got some nice stuff sent to us in the P.O. Box. It's P.O. Box 66639, Austin, Texas, 78766. Uh, we got a package from Canada. We got a package from Canada from somebody, and I won't say the name, at the network where Bachelorette Canada airs, and it was some nice swag for the show, and they let it be known that they were not an official representative <laughs> of the network, and that there was maybe some hard feelings Maybe from a couple of people at the network that we watch the show through illegal <laughs> YouTube streams. And to that, I would say, like, I swear to God, guys, I would buy it. I'd pay for it. That's I how know. we do it. We watch so many shows by buying it on iTunes and stuff like that. And I think I've checked and it's not available. We're not bad, bad pirate people. Well, this is just more complicated than that. You know, yeah, I'm know. sure they would make it available to us if they could. Yeah. But yeah, she's, she sent us um, some nice things. The- yeah, so they sent us some nice things um, that, I, I don't know, it was, it was really sweet. Oh, and uh, I don't know if we put Kyle, Kyle on blast, but Kyle from the show oh, is yeah. also now in the Rose Buddies. Tall Facebook Kyle group. is holding Very court Kyle. in uh, the Rose Buddies group. Yeah, I don't think he's an admin or anything like that. And I think it would probably be a breach of ethics if he were one. But I will say he is probably the tallest person in the group. And so he probably has some sort of broad face. I looked up powers. online. We were we were literally selling him short. He is 6'8". I think I made a joke that he was I 100 thought, feet tall. I thought he was 6'5", and then I looked at his bio again, and he's 6'8". Extremely tall. But yeah, yeah, anyway, he's in the Facebook he's in the group, group now. He posted some pictures of his cats. Kyle, thank you. He's happy to answer questions anyone might have. Yes. Um, that's <laughs> and, he has, and he has his own podcast. Oh, he does? He does. He's just starting it. Is it about Bachelor, or what's it about? Well, it's like a Facebook video thing he does with his sister. I like that. I don't know. It's brand new. Uh, but... Thank, thank you, Kyle. Thank and you, and Kyle. thank you to everybody in the Facebook group. Y- yeah. Y'all are the best. It's a really, really great community We of have over for like almost 6,000 people now. It's insane. <laughs> it's wonderful. Uh, thank you for listening to our podcast. And we're going to see you again in a week. Um, Till then, I'm Griffin McElroy. I'm Rachel McElroy. When you're ready. Whoops. When you're ready. <laughs> <laughs> Why did it come out like that? What's that? Stay with us on this journey of joy. She ends up with Soldier Boy. Right, Reese's. Right, Reese's. Can't be real.